I'm your host, Jeff Dawson, for another episode of Dawson's Domain, where we cover the spectrum of life's pressing issues and events, from politics to relationships, sports to horror, alternative history to poetry, humor to baseball coaching, and everything in between. Yes, summer has arrived, but it will make a minor exit this weekend when that cold front comes in, which will be nice. But for the moment, you know, it's 102, 103. It's Texas. It's June. Stop bitching and moaning. It does this every year. It ain't going to change. So if you don't like it, then pack your bags and move north. Go elsewhere. It's not going to change. And it just amazes me how many people that have lived down here all their lives complain about it. It doesn't do any good. You want to go back through that deep freeze we had in February two years ago? I don't think so because we don't do well on that. And I did spend some time in Ohio that I don't remember because I was a year old when we moved. But then nine years in Delaware, I know what cold is. Okay, I know what snow is. So you got a choice. You want five months of cold and snow or the mild winters we get and then the brutally hot temperatures. Hey, it is what it is. Okay. If you have any thoughts or comments, you can call in at 888-627-6008 or 323-744-4831. You can also catch it on iHeartRadio is 631-359-9353. And I make this request each week. If you are a subscriber, I need to know. Either send me a comment or call the producers, because right now I'm only showing one subscriber. But I've talked to four other people or five. They say they are. Well, if you are, then we need to get the record straight, and you need to be counted. If not, then you aren't. But if you are, I'm just letting you know that they did have some technical issues that they got resolved. But let's just make sure the record keeping is correct. Okay, if you like Mexican food, Alexander's is really good. And Alex, if you're listening, I'm going to drop you off a bill Monday. And this will be the last shout out I give you. I really like the food, but we made a deal. And uh, it's time to pay the piper. But if you like good Mexican food, they are at 1055 Regal Row, Sterling Hotel. And I really like it. I mean, I love their junior burrito. Because that's two meals. That's how big it is. It's just really good. And I love their hot sauce. Really good stuff. 
if any of you FFE truckers are listening, comment in the chat box. Let me know you're out there. And they're out of Lancaster. So if you're looking for frozen food transportation, they are the experts in it. In fact, that's what FFE stands for is Frozen Food Express. And they are very good at what they do and would definitely appreciate your business in these transitory inflation and inflation times transitory my ass my god how many times is the biden administration gonna lie about what it is and who's at fault you know before the war broke out in uh between ukraine and russia it was transitory and then it was well maybe it's here to stay and within a month after the invasion well they just blamed Russia. It's Russia's fault. It's everyone's fault but theirs. It's just ridiculous. This is the most spineless, useless, defunct, illiterate, ignorant administration. And I lived through Carter's and Obama's, but this is just pathetic. The Three Stooges have nothing on what's running our country right now, and that is absolutely Pathetic. I hope you people that voted for him are happy. I hope you're happy with your five, six, seven dollar gallon gas wherever you live. And I hope you're happy blaming everyone else but yourself. Yet for five years, you blamed Trump for everything. Everything was his fault. If the man woke up in the toilet back and your toilet backed up, it was his fault. If you walked outside and a bird shit in your hair, it was his fault. I mean, that's how ludicrous it was. And I know I'm stretching it, but you know, that is the way it was. Just constant bashing on everything. But where's Biden in this? Where, well, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. And the media, oh, it's not his fault. It's not, well, who the hell's fault is it? You know, and I'll go back to World War II. Nobody was helping us. We helped the world. We relied on ourselves. We relied on our natural resources, backbone, and ingenuity. You think we were getting oil out of the Middle East? Uh, No. Called U-boats. In fact, it was called the Big Dig. They laid a line from Houston to New Jersey. And it was called the Big Dig. Look it up. And that's how they transported fuel and oil for our Navy in the Atlantic. We supplied it all. We didn't need no stinking help from the Arabs or Venezuela or anyone else. So why would we build a line from Houston to New Jersey? Uh, U-boats. Look at the Gulf of Mexico. There aren't many places for transport ships to go out without being seen. We did this once. We did it before. You remember with uh, Carter and the, the wheat embargo? I remember that because 
I was, my ex-wife's father was a farmer and he was knee deep in their grain being stuck in the silos and they couldn't get paid. When did we start relying on everybody else? You know, say what you want to about Trump. He was right. Put America first. Because when we're first, we become extremely strong, resilient, and self-reliant. Today, we're just... All the politicians have knee pads on. they got to blow everybody to get anything. And they know, these other countries know, they're in the driver's seat. Because America's coming to them hat in hand. Help us, help us, help us. Reminds me of that game Omega virus. Help me, help me, help me. Before they get your ass blasted off the planet, off of that space station. This is just pathetic. All right, before I rant too much, uh, management seminars. I'm going to do a video. And in, in, in this inflationary time, which I don't see it slowing down anytime soon, man, you want to talk about having the right people and the best people at the right job. This is the time. And you read my manager's book, Cutting to the Chase, and it gets right to it. You don't have time for BS. You don't have time to hold people by the hand and uh, give them comfort puppies or whatever the hell they need. They can be shown the door. You're gone. You don't want to do your job, you're gone. We don't have time to waste. And we're not going to wait six to nine months for you to find yourself and pull your head out and do your damn job. This is the best time to sign up for one of my seminars. Like I said, I'm going to do a video on it. I'll put it on LinkedIn on Jeff Dawson. And you can check that out. But uh, this is the time to get serious because I don't see anything going down anytime soon. And you guys better be working at peak performance because if if a company thinks they can save a buck, they're going to save a buck. This is the time to get lean and mean. And I'm the one that can show you how to do it with your employees. Herbalife. I am an Herbalife distributor. I do a shake a day. I walk two miles a day. And it. I might not look like it, but I can feel the difference. And... For a dollar fifty a day on the shakes, you can't get a large coffee at Quick Trip for a dollar fifty. I know. So, you want to get healthy? Hit me up. Put a message in the comment box. Now, if you're caffeine sensitive, you can't do some of these products. I'll tell you that right now because I am. So I can't do the tease, I can't do the lift off, and I can't do the total control because they are caffeine-based. And uh, caffeine, just after my blood clots, throws my system into a tizzy, and it's not good. Uh, subscriptions, which I already mentioned, they start at $2.99 and go to $49.99. And the old, only difference is how much you value the content that you hear on this show. Because right now, we've been cut down to an hour. I'd like to get this back up to two hours, but I got to have subscribers so we can pay for that. Okay. I had a choice today. I could have canceled this show 
and gone to a funeral or stayed here. Well, since I only do this twice a month, I decided to stay. But a longtime friend of mine, James Adams, passed away about three weeks ago. He was my first introduction to chiropractors. I was out playing baseball with my kids. I bent over and I couldn't get up. It was horrible. I think I was 28 years old. I was like, what the hell is this? I'd never had a back problem until that day. Well, under his guidance and tutelage, he kept me walking for 30 years. And he said, son, it's just something you're going to have to deal with. And he was a, he was more hardcore conservative than I was. So we would argue, especially when it came to Rush Limbaugh, he listened to him in WPA religiously. And I would argue with him. It's like, he is not the end all. I mean, he is running a comedy show to a degree. Yes, he had a lot of good points. But then when he just flooded those points with his personal opinions, it's like, I'm not listening to this guy. Because I remember in 94 when he was talking about, you know, the Congress finally turned Republican in like 40 or 50 years. And that they were going to do great things. And that was under Newt Gingrich. And what did they do? They didn't do a damn thing. They just waffled and collapsed. And did nothing. It's like, when are you going to call him out, Rush? Well, he said, well, I, I've done that. No, you didn't. I still listen to your show occasionally. It's like, I'm waiting. You want to talk about the Clintons every damn day. Well, how come you didn't bash those Republicans in 94 for doing nothing? It's 94, 92. I think it was 94. But it's like, I'm done with him. Because now he's making excuses. And I just can't stand it when people make excuses. Because in my line of work, you make excuses, you lose a lot of money, and people can get hurt or die. There are, There is no time for bullshit. This goes back to my book, Cutting to the Chase. I eliminate the BS, I get down to the hard facts, and there you have it. You can take it for what it is. And I write the way I talk. I've been told this by many people. They say, we've met you, then we read your book, and it's like, we can see that son of a bitch sitting there telling us this story. Yes, people have called me that and other things, but that's beside the point. But that's the way I write in certain books. But yeah, James passed. He hadn't been in good health probably five years sadly his wife and I had a falling out about 12 years ago but that's another story but he was the man that there wasn't anything he couldn't fix I mean nothing I I was amazed sometimes at uh, what he knew but he learned that by doing And he grew up on a farm, I believe. But he learned by doing. And if he didn't know how to do it, he went and asked somebody, I got a problem. How do I fix this? What do I do? He wasn't afraid. He wasn't too proud to ask for help. And we read a lot of the same books. He was a 
World War II aficionados, so we could spend hours talking about that. He was really, he was a good guy. He had some problems, as we all have through the years, but uh, I guess the last time I saw him, it was before the 2020 election, and we were discussing that because I had bought, he had suggested I buy a book, Kings and Captains, and uh, it was pretty good. I mean, it's a Greek melodrama set in Pennsylvania when they discover oil. You've got these two families and everything that goes on between them. And yeah, it was soap opera, Greek tragedy, call it what you want. It was a really good book. It's long. It's like 800 pages, but uh, I read it. I've got him a copy because he couldn't find his. And then we sat down and talked about it and basically came away with the same thoughts. What a screwed up family. Millionaires, multi, multi millionaires, and they couldn't get it right. It was sad, but it's a good book. But yes, his service was today at two. So you can see the conflict. In fact, I sent the family a message that I'm sorry I won't be able to attend, and I heard nothing back. Very sad. But I wanted to give him a shout-out because he was, for years, a very good friend. In fact, when I moved down to Texas in 2006, when I took the job with Micah, I stayed at, they, they housed me for about four months, but I earned my keep by cleaning the house and organizing things. Because I just, if things aren't organized, I lose my mind. I just get all out of sorts. But uh, very sad. But as I understand, he was in quite a bit of pain in his latter months. In fact, his son Joe said, I'm just glad he's out of the pain now. So I don't know what turned and what medical conditions were going on, but uh, he had a good life. He had a full life, and I will miss him. He was a great spades player. We spent hours on the weekends playing cards, and that was that was fun, and that will be missed. Okay. So rest in peace, James. Someday we shall meet again. And I almost forgot the Woodall Foundation. It's a great foundation run by Becky and Daniel Woodall. They minister to the deaf in Moldova. And I'm sure they're looking for donations to make their trip this summer if they haven't already gone. But uh, if you want a foundation where you know what your money is going to and it's not paying for a bunch of executives to sit around and fleece the foundation and only use about 10 to 15% of it for the actual cause, this is the one. They're really good Christian people. They're raising their children upright. And uh, that's my go-to foundation. I really like the work they do and they post videos when they go over there and show you what they're doing and how many kids and adults are involved in their deaf ministry. It's really cool to watch. 
Okay, irritating commercials. Well, the winner this week is Liberty Mutual and the Minion Submarine. If I was out there, what well, we need to get a U-boat to come into New York Harbor and just blow that thing out of the water. That guy's fishing. You know, do you really think I'm going to buy insurance because you hooked a submarine full of minions? Uh, no, I'd be more inclined to buy insurance from the Russians in the movie The Russians Are Coming. And for those of you that have never seen that, a Russian sub gets in too close. It's got to be around Connecticut or Maine. They get hung on a sandbar, and they wind up coming ashore and visiting and making friends with the populace. It's, it's an old movie from probably the late 60s, early 70s, but it showed how, even though we were on opposite sides, how much we were alike to the point that the people at the end of the movie escorted once the water came in, they escorted the sub away, and there's Navy U.S. Navy destroyers sitting out there waiting to intercept, but the townsfolks have their fleet, like the British did in Dunkirk, the little ships, and uh, let the Russians slip away. I'm sure there was hell to pay afterwards, but they realized, you know, there's nothing wrong with these people. It's just we have a problem with their leaders. I mean, the, these were the Cold War times, but what a great film. But, yeah, as far as Liberty, I wouldn't buy Liberty Mutual if I had to because their commercials are so ignorant. What you get you, when you buy a policy, you get a, get a handful of minions and uh, an emu and God knows what else they'll throw into that. I don't want any of that shit. I just want insurance that works. And I don't need some catchy, crappy, flashy tune and stupid commercials. But if the American people are stupid enough to be swayed by that, well, there you are. You're just a moron. Okay. If you've got insurance with Liberty Mutual, you're more than welcome to drop a comment and tell me I'm an idiot. That's okay. I can deal with it. I deal with Geico, but not because of that little gecko they've got. Because as far as I'm concerned, you could drop a 10-ton hammer on him, and I'd just be happy. He'd just be a little grease spot on the ground. That'd be all right. The war in Ukraine. Well, what's happened? Apparently, we have three Americans that have been captured by the Russians. Hey, they're mercenaries. Okay. Good luck with that. You're mercenaries. They're paying you to fight for them. Now, they're not spies, so execution should not be on the block. But, uh, man, they had them in Kharkov, which has been getting pounded. They got captured. And what is our State Department going to do? Oh, let's see. We put sanctions on them. But if you watched CNN, I know it puts a bad taste in your mouth. But, uh, you know, McDonald's pulled out. Well, the McDonald's franchise got bought out by a Russian organization, corporation. And they, they, all they could do is really change the name and the branding. But uh, 
the CNN reporter was like, and I don't know if he was really listening to what he said, but it's like, doesn't look like the sanctions are hurting these people. You think? So we've got some of their yachts. Yeah, now we have to upkeep them. <coughs> Why? Sell them. If you've confiscated them, sell them. You don't have to upkeep them. This is so screwed up. Nothing Biden has done has worked. Absolutely nothing. The incompetence is just off the wall. It's ridiculous. So these guys are captured. Hey, they're prisoners of war. So, yes, they should be treated as POWs by the Geneva Convention. Well, how well did Russia abide by the Geneva Convention during World War II? and the Cold War, and the Korean War, and the Vietnam War. Remember, they supported North Korea and North Vietnam. They sent them weapons. They trained them how to use the weapons, along with the Chinese in Korea. The Chinese pretty well stayed out of Vietnam. Man, that was all the Russians doing they're the ones that came up with the SAM sites that they taught the North Koreans how to use to shoot our planes down and our helicopters. And uh, I wonder where they got those AK-47. You know, this is Russia. You think they're going to abide by anything? They don't care. They flat-ass don't care what the West thinks. Why is that so hard to understand is beyond me. It's Russia. And someone, for God's sake, tell me, what the hell is that moron Merrick Garland doing in Kiev? Oh, he's supposed to be setting, helping Zelensky set up this war crimes tribunal. That's what the Hague does, you idiot. Not the United States, but he's so incompetent. He's running away while Rome burns in his backyard while protesters are standing in front of Supreme Court justices' houses. And he goes to the Ukraine. Who paid for that? Who invited him? Who said he could go? I don't know. But I'm like, what the hell is he doing over there? Not his job. He doesn't, and I'm so glad. I mean, I've had this, I had a debate with uh, one of my liberal associates about Merrick Garland, and I read his bio, and it's like, okay, <clears throat> he might not have been a bad appointment. Oh, he'd have been a horrible appointment if you're a conservative. If you're a liberal, you'd have said he hung the moon. He is proving how incompetent some of these people that are considered for the Supreme Court are. And we're going to get into those people in a minute because this came up at dinner last night, of which, damn, I almost forgot, Patty. You thought I forgot. Yes, it was it was Friday night and it was dinner. And while I lost one friend, James Thurman Thomas, I still have another good friend. Jerry Berry, and it was his 78th birthday tomorrow, but it was celebrated last night, and I really loved his reaction. What is wrong with you people? Will you just leave me the hell alone? 
but he couldn't run away and he smiled for the cameo photos and uh but his bride let me tell you what that woman i think she wakes up each morning trying to figure out what can i do to piss jeff off today so she's got to save it up for a whole week and just as she's about to drop the hammer on me I've usually got some quick retort and she just stares at me like what? Or, you know, she's got to scratch her face with her middle finger or something. It's like, you got a niche over there, Patty. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And it's just to my right, honey, honey, help me. He's being mean to me, but it was a good time. There were no napkins flying around for a change. We kind of behaved. In fact, she said that, I'm so glad you're sitting between us because I just want to reach over and slap him. And he's just like, hey, man, just let me drink my beer and smoke my cigarette and I'm good. So Jerry was a good barrier for us last night. It, it was, as always, it was a fun time. And we watched the Rangers lose their game, but that's okay. And uh, there was two other gals, Stephanie and Delphi were there. Stephanie, it's, well, it's been a long time since I've seen any of them, but uh, it's always good to have different people in the mix because you never know what will be said. And it's it's always fun because of the comments that I'll give Patty, they're like, damn, he's just laying into her. And she's like, see, 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 I told you he's mean. I told you he's mean. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, we are going to go to Hams in the next week and a half or so, if not sooner. And if you're not familiar with Hams Orchard that is east of Terrell and you like peaches and you like fresh produce, but you will pay for it, you can't beat Hams. I try and get out there once a year. But their tomatoes don't rot in three days like the ones you get at Kroger or Albertsons. Well, Albertsons is gone. But, uh, you know, any of your local stores, because they pick those green. So they ripen on the train to their destination. But this stuff is, they don't do that. They do it all. They grow it all. They harvest it all. And they sell it all. And there is no better produce in the DFW area than hams. All right. News anchors. Oh, good God. I, I don't know how people stomach them. I, I just, I mean, I have to watch them for perspective. And uh, it's sure not content, but context. All Fox does is promote everyone's books. I mean, that's about it. And then who was it? Hexit that just came out with one. And he's like, he, he tries to be so humble. Well, everyone that writes a book on Fox, they spend a month promoting it. Which you've got, when you got that big of an audience, you better make a New York Times bestseller. Doesn't mean the book's good, but you're going to sell a lot of copies. But I was watching Tucker Carlson. I don't know if it was a week or two. Oh, it was over this Colbert stuff. And I'll tell you what, I said this when Russia first started this invasion of the Ukraine. It's like, dude, you better watch what you say because you are 
you are promoting a hot war with Russia. And I'm convinced he is watching his ratings and he looks how good they are to the point he can say whatever he wants to. It's like this, this clown Colbert. I wouldn't give that guy a second of airtime. He is a hard left wing radical nutcake. He's worse than Bill Maurer and Jimmy Kimmel, but he thinks he's funny, which he isn't. I remember when he released a book and uh, I think Hannity released a book at the same time and Colbert's sales paled in comparison. I mean, Stephen Colbert is a clown. Well, Tucker Carlson said that his crew incited an insurrection. No, they did not. Now, why they were in the Capitol and escorted, that is the question. I looked it up. They had the permits that were required to go interview the senators and representatives. Not that I give a shit about what they say and what they had, the stupid dog, their puppet, whatever it is. Like, I give two shits about that. I wouldn't watch his show if you paid me $10 million. But it was not an insurrection. But why were they in the Capitol wandering about aimlessly with no escort? That's the question. And then they were, they weren't captured. They were detained processed and released and no they didn't do what happened on january 6th okay so tucker was off the rails on that i mean it's just ridiculous and i guess what really upset me is i watched brian kill me the other day where he does his breakfast spots and it's supposed to be impromptu but as the cameras moved around you can see this big teleprompter. It's like, I thought this was impromptu. No, the whole damn thing's scripted. How is impromptu scripted? Why can't you just walk in there and start talking to people? No, the whole thing's, it's a stage. And I can't believe that everyone in these restaurants watches and supports Fox unless they're handpicked. Let's be honest. If you go to Waffle House or you go to Joe's Cafe in Irving, you think everyone in there is conservative. You think everyone in there is liberal. If you do, then you're smoking the wrong stuff or drinking the wrong brand. That's it. There is no way 100% of those people support Fox unless They've been pre-screened and allowed in. It's just a big show of crapola. That's it. This isn't news. This is opinion hours, and we're going to get into opinions in a minute. What time is it? God, I hate this one-hour crap. All right. So let's talk about baseball because the last thing I'm going to get into is Roe versus Way. The Texas Rangers are now in the middle of the pack. Hallelujah. 
because this time last year we were the third worst in baseball in every category. This year they aren't. You got Dunning, Otto, uh, Gray, and Martin Perez has been the diamond in the rough. That boy's come through. Now, Taylor Hearn, they sent down, which that's a good thing. He needs to go back to Frisco or Round Rock and sharpen his skills. He's got potential, but he's not quite yet there. These other four are. They're starting to come into their own. But what's really been exciting are these rookies. But these rookies can cause you a lot of trouble if you don't do it right. Josh Smith hasn't played many games at third. But when he does play, he reminds me of Buddy Bell, Steve Bouchel, Michael Young. Not Adrian Beltre because there's only one Adrian Beltre, just like there's only one Miguel Cabrera but he's smooth. He brings, he anchors that infield of Simeon and Seeger, the $57 million duo that couldn't turn a double play to save their lives. But when Smith is out there, he brings an anchor to that infield, and that's what they need. Duran is, is not the anchor. He's not ready. Smith is ready. So this swapping off of outfield and third base is bullshit. And if the Rangers can't see that, pull your head out. When Eli White comes back, you know he, he's your man. Left field, center field, he's your man. Cole Calhoun has right field handled. It's well in hand. But the, this is not the experimental site. This is the site to prove what you've got. And the only way to prove that is to have stability in the lineup, of which they haven't gotten to yet because they want to keep putting the rookies through their paces. Well, it comes to a point where, hey, I mean, there is an outside chance they could be a wild card contender, and I say a long shot. But you got to have stability. It's great to see what you've got. I don't have a problem with that. I mean, every team does it when it comes to pitching. But when it comes to your set positions in the field, and Jonah Heim, I'm sorry, he's not an all-star. I don't give a damn what these, what Nitwood and Raymond and Grieve and anyone else says, offensively he is, but defensively he is not. And when they herald his defensive play, it's like, what game are you watching? This crap of catchers being down on one leg immobilizes you. You can't move to your left if your leg is on the ground, and we see that time and time again with him. He cannot block a ball that goes that is thrown to his left. He just can't. You're not in position. And why the coaches let him do that is beyond me. It's just ridiculous, ridiculous, ridiculous. Get up on your haunches like Johnny Bench, Yadier Molina, 
even uh, who was the coach of the Angels? Uh, his name, not Madden. It was before Madden. Uh, Sosa. The great catchers were on their toes. They weren't laying down. So get off your ass and play the position right. And Woodward, if you haven't figured that out, well, maybe we need to change there too. But, you know, overall, what a great – they are having a great season. But I, I just – with these rookies, I don't want them to do to them what they did with Falefa and Trevino for four or five years, put them here, put them there, put them everywhere except one spot that they can settle into. So what do they do? Well, they get traded to the Yankees. Falefa is the starting shortstop. Trevina is the starting catcher. And Gallo, despite his horrendous average, is the starting right fielder. The more you play, the better you get. But they have, but you know, they they lost last night two to one. That was very disappointing because the Nationals and the Royals, they got six games with those two teams. They need to win the next five because this July schedule is going to be brutal and they are not going to do well. They're just going to get tired and worn out because they got the most horrendous travel coming up after the All-Star break. It's just going to be brutal. And they start July with the New York Mets, who are leading the National League. Now, I'm still going to watch them, and I'm enjoying it. But, you know, no one's catching the Yankees unless they just have some horrendous injuries. Their winning percentage is 732. That's unheard of. 732. Last time we saw this was with Seattle Mariners, but we also know when the Mariners did this, and what was it, 2000 and 2001? They won the most games, like 118, and they went out in the first round. So just because the Yankees are pounding everyone doesn't mean that will hold true, especially in the extended playoff scenario that we have this year, which I'm not a fan of. Oh, and one other thing I wanted to add about uh, – no, I'm not going to do that. We're just going to stick with baseball. College World Series. Tonight, OU – oh, God. It's like saying CNN, OU. An old mess. <clears throat> I'm going to take old mess. And the reason is they've been playing baseball solid every day. They are in tune. They are prepared. They are ready for the field. OU's been sitting around four days. Ole Miss has momentum. I mean, what a great series this has been. I mean, Auburn, Arkansas, Notre Dame, you know, they knocked off number one Tennessee. So they were the Cinderella team. But uh, like most Cinderellas, they run out of gas, and they did and Ole Miss took him down, but it, this has been so much fun to watch. And I, I just can't stand Ravage, Peterson, and Perez. They, they, they are just – they're idiots. Every time they open their mouth, it's like, shut up. In fact, you know, we need Ben Scully. You only need one person to call a game. I don't need a color, color commentator. I just want somebody to call the game. No, they want to talk about everything under the sun that they don't know a damn thing about. And every time 
Those guys say a cement wall. I want to put my hands to the TV and strangle them because it's concrete. And there's some, they're working on the airport over there in Omaha. And Ravitch was talking about how those uh, tower cranes were working. No, you wouldn't know if a tower crane was working or not. You all just try and stick to baseball because you're really challenged at that. So don't get into the construction work because you don't know a damn thing about it. Nothing. And every time you open your mouth, you just prove your ignorance. It just drives me nuts. In, in fact, I think that's what the networks need to do. They need to hire someone like me, and I can just sit off in the wings. Every time they say something stupid, it's like, why don't you shut the hell up and say something intelligent? Just call them out for their bullshit instead of them having this man fest with each other, and this is where we ate. And this, I don't give two shits where you ate or what you did. All I care about is the ball game. Too bad you don't care about it as much as I do. Cannot Damn them. All right. But watching the games has been a joy. And, and when they say, oh, he's ready for the pros. Uh, when was the last time you saw a guy go straight from college to the pros or straight from high school to the pros? Very, very seldom. And a lot of those guys that are really good, because when I was at Oklahoma State, we had two that were just studs and they just disappeared. Never heard from them again. They were both drafted, disappeared. One was the first baseman and one was the pitcher. So when they say, oh, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but we know the percentage of those that get drafted and how many actually make it to the show and stay and have a long career. Okay, this came up at dinner last night. Roe versus Wade. And the question was, when it passed in 73, who was the president? Well, Nixon Ford, because we had Watergate. But the other question was, because it passed 72. So who were the justices on the Supreme Court at the time? And who appointed them? Well, if you watch the press, uh, and some of the liberals that I saw their post, Eisenhower appointed them all. Blah, blah, blah. Well, they're wrong, too. And I don't know where they get their information. But uh, Douglas, liberal, FDR. Brennan, liberal, Eisenhower. Stewart, centralist, Eisenhower. White, liberal, Kennedy. Marshall, liberal, LBJ. Blackman, liberal, Nixon. Powell, Jr., liberal Nixon and Rehnquist conservative Nixon. So there you go. There's your count. So are you shocked that the vote back then was seven to two when you have six liberals, one centralist and two conservatives? I mean, when these folks are nominated, that's all a president can do is nominate who they think will be good on the Supreme court. And that's it. But how they react after that, they don't have a clue. And the only time in history that I remember 
a president trying to sway the Supreme Court was Abraham Lincoln. And I have to look that up, but uh, talk about breaking protocol. And, I, but, and I'll have to look up the case, but he did. He went and he told the justices, you don't rule right on this and you're going to have a shit storm on your hands. And like, Mr. President, with all due respect, you can't come in and sway us. And he goes, that's exactly what I'm in here to do is sway you. Because if you don't pull your heads out, we are headed to civil war, which we went into anyway. But he was trying his best to keep the country together. All right. So Roe versus Wade. I, you know, I posted this when I started running COVID numbers. I would ask people, what leads the country in deaths every year? And, of course, they were like heart attacks, cancer, you know, diabetes, things like that. I said, no, it's abortion. 600,000 a year. I think every woman should be allowed to kill their child. No, because I was adopted. So obviously I've got uh, a dog in this race. But the Supreme Court, when they approved this, Here's where they got it from. And this is what's wrong with the law and lawyers. If you read the 14th Amendment in its entirety, you're kind of shaking your head going, uh, where in this did they come up with it? Let's say section one, naturalized. All persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States. Don't see much there. Section two, representatives shall be appointed. Well, there's nothing there, representatives. Section three, no person shall be a senator or representative. Well, no, it's not there. Number four, the validity of the public debt of the United States. No, it can't be in that section. Uh, Section 5, Congress shall have power to enforce by appropriate legislation the provisions of this article. Okay, so where in the 14th Amendment did they come up with it? Oh, it's in Section 1. And here's what it says. No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. That's where they came up with this, without due process of law, nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protections of the law. Well, without due process of law is what they, why they came down and voted for abortion. Really? Where does it say that? But this is what the Supreme Court did. And then they went on. Now, this is where it really gets ugly, in a sense, because now the Supreme Court is making law. And this has been the argument ever since they are not supposed to make law. They are supposed to decide if a law is constitutional or not, not make it up. But they made this up. They came up with a trimester. The first three months... No state government has any say in what the woman does with her body. In the second one, they can possibly come in and regulate 
protecting the mother's health. And in the third trimester, it's only approved if it is to save the mother. So for three months, you can do what you want to. What law was that? There was no law. The Supreme Court made the law, and that's not what they do. And that's where everyone that's a conservative started raising holy hell is the Supreme Court is not there to make law. And they did. No one voted on it. They just made it up. All right, we're down to three minutes. They made it up. But you know where it's illegal? Nicaragua, Chile, Vatican, Malta, El Salvador, Dominican Republic, Ireland, Liechtenstein, Poland, Andorra. In Italy, in doctors in Italy can refuse to do one as conscientious objectors. But hey, it's free in China. So why don't you go over to China? But remember, China does it because you're only allowed two children per family because of their massive population. Maybe that's what we ought to do in the United States. Is that what uh, these people are headed for? And all this crap on the left about, well, this this ultra-right radical court is going to start overturning, uh, damn, the where we segregated schools, Brown versus Board of Education. They're going to start overturning all of these. They've opened the door. No, they haven't, because that is law. This was never a law. This decision was not based on law. It was based on BS opinions from Supreme Court justices. And just because you're on the Supreme Court doesn't mean you're a great legal mind. It means somebody liked you or somebody thinks you might be there. I mean, look at the ones that Nixon appointed that I ran off. You really thought that uh, he thought black men and Powell were going to become liberal justices? Who knows? Eisenhower, he appointed two. One one was a centralist. I mean, it is what it is. These people, once they get on the court, they're going to do what they want to. They're going to write whatever opinions. And that's the whole thing, because when I looked up all these judges, that's all they talked about at the end was their legacy and all of their papers and how they've sent them to colleges and universities for future generations to study and learn from. My ass, it's just an opinion, and your opinion sucks, okay? That's just what it is, but they're supposed to be so high-revered. No, not in my world. You go with what what is in the Constitution. Well, by Roe versus Wade, it doesn't matter what's in the Constitution because it's based off without due process of law. Yet before that, life, liberty, or property, you can't deprive someone of life, liberty, or property. Well, if you kill them, you just did it. What the hell is that? I am for it in incest and rape and when the mother's life is at stake, but not just because I want one. I'm not a fan of that. And between the men and the women, if you guys can't figure out how to do it, 
that maybe you shouldn't copulate in the first place. And most of them probably shouldn't anyway, because I've had personal experience with this that I'm not going to get into, but, uh, damn. Luckily there has been no violence that I've heard of, but then I haven't watched the news today. I've actually been watching game of Thrones. I read two of the books and thought they sucked, but I could see where the show would be good. So I'm, watching it just to make an educated decision but uh you know go to china hell they'll do it for free go to england they'll do it so it becomes a state's issue well if you read the federalist papers it's that's how the country was founded states rights not the federal government's rights states rights but as the country has grown and the liberals have become more irritating and rampant and volatile they want the feds to handle everything i don't i want them to be involved in my life as little as possible all right we got to wrap it up i hope you enjoyed this episode like i said if you like mexican food you can't beat alexander's at uh 1055 regal row in dallas texas 75247 it's really good stuff. It's reasonably priced, but Alex, you got to pay your bill. And that's all I have for this Saturday. Y'all have a great week, and we will talk to you in two weeks. This is Dawson, and I am out. I hope you enjoyed our time together. I know I did. Without you wonderful listeners, this show would not be possible. If you want to know more about me and how my brain works, that's a scary thought. Check out my books at jeffdawsononamazon.com, websites, LDDJ Enterprises, and jeffdawsonauthor.site for upcoming releases and teaser excerpts from past and present publications. You can also contact me at Facebook, LDDJ Enterprises Publishing, or email LDDJEnterprises at gmail.com or on Twitter at JeffDawson59. Have a great week and look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Dawson's Domain. <laughs>